Good morning. It is time to get up with the comeback of a lifetime. LeBron James had never before done what he did last night. You need to see it, and you will. Meanwhile, Caleb at 1-1. Not so fast, my friend. We've got a voice saying another QB might be worth taking at the very tippy top. And then Mad Dog goes off as only he can today. Jerry Jones is in his sights. It's time to have some fun. Let's do this, people. Look who's here with me today. Come on, everybody. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You guys let me go on TV with my collar like But you're looking good. Orlovsky back from vacation. I'm refreshed a little bit. You know, when you don't work every day, it's a little bit of a breather. Oh, he's looking good. <laughs> D. Wood ready to roll this good. morning. Kimberly Blue Martin is up early like with us this morning good, from bud. Indianapolis. She's at the Combine. We'll get to all of the news from there in a moment, but we must begin with LeBron James doing something last night mm. he had never done before. D. Wood, LeBron, and the Clippers. And there's Jay-Z in the building. You Lakers, already know. Lakers down by as many as 21. They trailed by 19 in the fourth, but here comes King James. Oh, yeah. He was he was that man. He was, uh, he was that heater last night. This is just the beginning, baby. He took over in the fourth quarter single-handedly outscoring the Clippers 19-16 in the fourth. And you can see he's just feeling it from distance. That one puts the Lakers within two. And now here comes D'Angelo Russell. D-Wood, just like that, the Lakers have taken the lead. Oh, yeah, we scratched and clawed our way back. Now, notice I said we because I'm a big Lakers fan. That's Lake right. Show. And they're doing it in that building. It's a Clipper home game. It didn't sound like it. That's Kawhi. He had 26. That gets the Clippers within two. Here's your ball game. Final 10 seconds. LeBron playing the D, gets the rebound, Cam Reddish in front of the group. LeBron finishes with 34, eight assists. Lakers complete a furious comeback. They win it 116-112. And afterwards, LeBron feeling it. You feel like everything that you put up is, is, is going in. And, you know, with the, you know, for me, I just kept it, kept it consistent. I wasn't taking LOI shots. Just a zone that you can't really describe it. You know, during it, you don't, you don't feel anything. You just... Let's have a superpower, I feel. He uh, had the tape, uh, the cape tucked on his seat on the bench, I guess. <laughs> it was time for him to whip it out. And uh, he, he definitely did that, put the cape on. He put the cape on. Whatever he did, it certainly worked. LeBron single-handedly outscoring the Clippers in the fourth quarter. And as I mentioned, it's something he's never done before. The 19-point fourth quarter comeback, the largest ever for any LeBron James team. So that's your NBA story from last night. Now we go to Indy, where all the stories are happening in the NFL. The Chicago Bears, of course, are on the clock. And yesterday, Caleb Williams, most people assume the number one pick, met with the Bears at the Combine. This after Williams told ESPN he would be excited if Chicago drafted him. That's despite all of the speculation that has been out there to the contrary. And to set this thing up, and again, Kmart is with us from Indianapolis. But guys, you know the game Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon? You know what that is? I'm thinking about Six Degrees or maybe more than that of Caleb Williams. Think of all the things that are riding on this, all of the tentacles, all right? So you got Ryan Pohl's going to make this decision. It's going to impact the Commanders. It's going to impact the Patriots. It's going to impact Justin Fields, which brings in the Falcons and the Steelers and who knows who else. It also impacts then Kirk Cousins, who's a free agent, Russell Wilson, who's a free agent. The whole world is waiting for Ryan Pohl's to make the first move. It's like he is opening on the chessboard and then everyone else will start to react. So Kmart, you're there on the ground. They met yesterday. Mm -hmm. What can you tell us? Mm -hmm. 
Listen, everything that I've heard about Caleb Williams, the football player, is that he is all ball. He is focused. He's excited about this opportunity, and a lot of teams are excited about him. There are a lot of questions about the personality, but listen, he's a creative playmaker. He's a, he's a Gen Z kid. Like, these kids are into different things, and, and, and that's okay. That's okay. Old school way of thinking about football and this process, it doesn't have to be what we're used to, and he is a different breed and very special but he met with the bears he met with the commanders i've heard great things i heard he was spotted just walk through the lobby of the jw with his camera everybody's excited to talk to him especially since these top quarterbacks the drake may jane daniels caleb we're not going to see them throw it's the interview process that is i've lost my voice these coaches have lost their voices because they want to get to know these kids and have the conversations but the voice that everyone wants to hear from belongs to Ryan Poles. And, and what sense, if any, are you getting mm-hmm. from all the people you talk to uh, and, and the things that he has said of where he is in his evaluation and decision? He, I talked to him one-on-one as well, you know, after his media scrum. He's saying all the right things. He won't rush through the process of fielding offers, but it's interesting, fielding offers for the top pick or Justin Fields. The sense I'm getting, as we all know, the, the writing's on the wall for Justin Fields. It feels like in Chicago, they they understand. Brian Pohl said to me, listen, I am a huge Justin Fields fan, but I also, there's a business side to this. It's about what's the best thing today, tomorrow, and for the road ahead. So as he looks through these quarterbacks, we're all saying Caleb Williams, but they have to do their due diligence because Greeny, as you set it up, what the Bears do, this organization has to get it right at quarterback because they have it for a long time. And, and by a long time, we could say a roughly a century. They've never really gotten it exactly right <laughs> in the history of the franchise, and they're a founding yeah. franchise yeah. in the NFL. All right, let's talk about this here, Dan, because it feels like for something in the neighborhood of two years, it has already been written down. Caleb Williams' first pick 2024 draft. Mm. You're starting to do the work. You're doing all the tape. I've been talking to you about this for months. I don't get the sense you think it's that simple. I have not thought that Caleb Williams was a lock at number one because I thought Drake May would be the guy. I was wrong in that. Jaden Daniels should be the guy. If I were the Chicago Bears right now, I would take Jaden Daniels out of LSU. That is not a knock on Caleb Williams. That is a plus in Jaden Daniels. I think, number one, when you watch all these guys play, the best thrower, the best guy against man coverage, ball placement-wise, is Jaden Daniels. Number two, when we're talking about explosive play, like guys who have to throw the ball downfield, what does it look like? Jaden Daniels throws the ball best downfield. And then number three, who's got the best pocket piece? When I say piece, it's P-E-A-C-E. All these guys are athletic. It's no longer like this plus. Every one of these guys has that attribute. The patience and the peace within the pocket, he's the best at. Um, Candidly, I think when it comes to what guy had the best game, None of these guys' games compare to Jaden Daniels against Florida. If you just watch that player versus the University of Florida, you would go, that's the best player in college football, and he's going to be the guy that transfers the best into the NFL. Caleb Williams is fantastic. I think Jaden Daniels is better. You know, I, I just looked back at this. There was a night you and Booger were in the studio, and you were doing a game with Jaden Daniels, and, and you're doing halftime, and I texted you guys, the two of you, yeah. at halftime, and I said – Jaden Daniels, as good as I think he is, and you wrote back, Caleb is tremendous, but not a lock to be one. This is this is sometime in, in, in October, November, October of yeah. this year. So it doesn't say the date on it for no reason that I can think of. I need to get that phone fixed. But one way or another, <laughs> the point is you've been saying that that long. He really took the world by storm. D Wood, when you watch Jaden Daniels play, do you think to yourself, I feel good about this because 
people are going to make a big I, I'm, I'm just looking at you okay yeah. football players tend to look a little bit like you yes and, and when I stand up next to you we look like the number 10 okay right. <laughs> right. and Jaden Daniels looks a little bit more like me and that would be a concern uh, yeah, I would say so. Listen, I, I think he's a, he's a slightly he has a slight frame. He's taller. I know people would you know talk about Bryce Young. Bryce Young is a lot shorter, but he, he's a taller guy. He's a slight frame. Some people talked about RG three. Yes. Okay. Talked about made that comparison as far as the athletic frame, and we know that Jaden Daniels is a dual, he's a true dual threat quarterback. Like the thing that's so and so enticing about him, not only was he prolific passer, but like, his numbers rushing-wise were outstanding this yeah. past year. And the one thing you have to think about is, okay, when you're playing in the National Football League, you're going to get hit. How is that frame going to hold up when you're, going, when you're getting hit as a dual-threat quarterback in the, yeah. at the next level? A little bit of this is, one, I think this is – I've been doing this for six years now. I think this is the hardest quarterback class to evaluate that I've ever been a part of. One, coaches make everything for these guys either incredibly easy or incredibly hard. You know, for Caleb Williams, I think watching his tape is incredibly difficult. The, the stark um, shock of how poor they were on the outside takes you back, like perimeter-wise talent. And I don't think that offense was in any way in structure. No. So, like, that makes it difficult because there's so little that you can see. That you go, oh, I can, I can watch that and just basically copy and paste it to the NFL. Again, all of these guys are athletic. Six, seven years ago, saying this guy had dynamic athleticism was this plus that kind of separated him. All of these guys have it. It's unbelievable. So that's why I want to build this, this criteria of what do you think is transferable to the NFL, to the next level? Number one, who has the best ball placement versus man coverage? When you watch the tape, what guy sees man coverage and throws it the best versus tight? That's Jaden Daniels. Number two, it's not who creates the most explosive plays. What does it look like when they throw the ball downfield? You have to watch that because guys could be butt naked wide open. Caleb had a lot of wide open guys downfield because he would create so much. Jaden Daniels was best at that. And then who, got, who is like the, the, the calmest in the pocket? Jaden Daniels was the best at that. When I watched Jaden throw, I said this two months ago, when you watch the young man throw, the throwing motion is C.J. Stroud-like. Watch his left arm stay close to his chest. He makes a very small and tight C motion. That's repeatable. That's consistent. Some of the throws that he makes versus tight coverage – the other two, Caleb and Drake made, they just don't make. Now, those guys are tremendously talented. But I, I go back to last year. Who was the best passer coming out? I thought Bryce was the best player, like playmaker. Who was the best passer? That was CJ. Jaden's the best passer. I get it. And I love him. And I want all of these guys to have all the success in the world. There's nothing I hate more than at this time of the year when, when any of us have to put, like, these negative thoughts out there into the universe. You can talk about his size. He's, he's, he's slight. And I'm thinking about RG3. I'm, look, RG3, our teammate, and we love him. And he had as good a rookie season as practically any quarterback ever had in NFL history. So many similarities. He won the Heisman. He yep. set the world on fire. He won the Rookie of the Year. And then he ran into Haloti Nada. Yeah. And he almost got broken in half yeah. on this okay. play, and he was never the same I think, again. I, I think that's I know what worries so, me. So a couple things in regard to that. One, Jaden is listed at the same Height is Lamar coming out of school. Maybe the difference of five pounds. I talked to someone yesterday. When, when you look at, when you meet Bryce, you go, whew. You know, like, that, it takes you back. You don't get that feeling with Jaden Daniels with his size. Two, as much as, like, RG3 is an unbelievable player. He was straight line in many ways. Jaden is dynamic laterally. 
very similar to Lamar Jackson when it comes to that movement. So while he did take a lot of hits in college, I don't think we're going to see that. And then the second thing would be this, or the last thing. Uh, he's not necessarily, I know D. Wood, you said like a true dual threat. I don't see him as a true dual threat. Like, he's not a player you're going to build a lot of designed quarterback run with, similar to they did with Washington and RG3. He's more of a go make something happen with your feet when, when nothing right, is available. Yeah. And it's, it's like we see with a Joe Burrow or a, a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes when it comes to that regard. It's just dynamic afterwards. Let me get Kmart in here for a quick final word from Mindy on this one. Again, we have so much in the hopper today. But Kmart, final word on this. It's interesting because as, as I'm listening to Dan talk about these quarterbacks and break them down, all I can think about is Justin Fields. Because yes, Caleb Williams is key, but the first domino that has to fall is really mm. where is Justin Fields going to go? Because that will dictate all the other teams and where, you know, how they slap themselves if they're able to get Justin because he's also a phenomenal player who's who's done 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 right by the organization with with a lot less to work with than some other quarterbacks, but he's improving, and where he goes, he might flourish just as much as the Bears think they, they could flourish without him. He'll flourish elsewhere, too. I agree with Kimberly in regards to Justin and the player he is. This is why Chicago has to take a quarterback, and it should be Jaden. One, all three of the guys in the conversation are at least the top two. Caleb and Jaden are equally as athletic as Justin yeah. was coming out of college. And both of them, Caleb and Jaden, are better passers just naturally than Justin Fields. That's why I'm comfortable saying one of those two, Jaden for me, has to be the number one pick. And much cheaper for the next five years. And that has to be a fact. Again, it is six degrees of all that. And Justin Fields is probably the first move that gets made on this chessboard. But we don't know exactly when. In the meantime, as we continue, Dan is going to compare another one of the quarterback prospects to Jordan Love, but maybe not in the way that you're expecting. It's a fascinating comparison, and it's on the way. Plus, should the Giants make a giant leap to get a top quarterback? I'm going to tell you right now why the answer is yes, and it isn't because they need to move on from what they have. That's on the way. We're just getting started. You're watching Get Up on ESPN. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all 
all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify could do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash get up, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash get up to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash get up. You're watching Get Up. We are brought to you by ESPN Bet, the official sports book of ESPN. All right, it is time for today's pun. Would you rather, for the big fella, D. Wood? Here we go, D. Wood. Would you rather sign Kirk Cousins at big, big money or sign Russell Wilson, who will come practically at the minimum? Man, give me Kirk Cousins. Give me Kirk Cousins. Do people realize that Kirk Cousins, before before the injury, was on pace to throw for about 5,000 yards and 38 touchdowns? Mm. He was having a career year. Like, if you're Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin always says the standard is the standard. Well, what the hell is the standard in Pittsburgh right now? (laughs) Get a quarterback in there to compete with Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow in that division. Yeah, and Kirk Cousins is going to be a fascinating figure, and he's going to make a lot of money all over again. D. Wood, next one. If you're the Patriots, would you rather draft a quarterback at three or trade back? Mm. Trade the hell down. They have no infrastructure in New England. And when I say that, I'm talking about players. Like, it would be a disaster if you brought a rookie quarterback with that roster in New England. That roster is one, maybe the worst roster in the National Football League right mm-hmm. now. I think you would do a disservice of bringing a rookie quarterback into that situation. Trade down. They need picks. They need players to replenish that, restock that roster. Matt Miller said almost exactly the same thing as that. Finally, D. Wood, if you are the New York football Giants, would you rather stick with Daniel Jones or draft a quarterback at six? I'm drafting a quarterback. I'm drafting a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm drafting a quarterback, because I don't trust Daniel Jones. He's coming off, obviously coming off the ACL injury. And quite frankly, he hasn't proven he hasn't proven to me or most people that he's a franchise guy. Get a quarterback, let him sit behind Daniel Jones, and let's see, and let's go from there. Let, let me jump in on this one if I can. And Dan and Kimberly Martin, I will bounce my idea off you. Because as I've said many times, mine is that rare genius that will not be fully appreciated till long after my time. What the New York Giants should do is they, the Giants, should trade up to three. D. Wood just said the Patriots sitting at three. They need picks. They need things. Giants have an extra second-round pick this year. Go up there. Get, get, draft Drake May at three. And don't play him immediately. Play Daniel Jones. You really only have to pay Daniel Jones for one more year, and then you've got decisions to make. Let's see what happens. If Daniel Jones plays great, you have a delightful problem on your hands. If he doesn't, you move on scot-free, and you've got Brian Dayball, who basically built the monster that is Josh Allen, coaching up young Drake May, who has a lot of the same traits. What do you think? The Giants should absolutely be planning for life post-Daniel Jones in regards to both his ability to play and his ability or his availability. He's missed a ton of games Mm -hmm. over the last four or five 
five seasons because of injury, and he's taken a ton of hits. And, and we talk about, I remember having the conversation, and I was somebody a little blind to it in regards to Lamar and the hits that he was going to take and the, you know, as a running quarterback. Daniel Jones has taken just as many hits as Lamar did early on in his football career, and those have added up. And his play hasn't warranted that that total confidence for the future. So I would love that. I don't think Drake May is going to be there at six, but I would love that. That's plan. my point. The Giants trade up to three. He, but to here's, get him here's there. the problem, Greeny. Then you're taking a roster that wasn't as good as the first year that Dan, Brian Dable made it into that playoff contending team and weakening it for both the now and the future. I don't look at them all that different than New England. The Giants have too many issues and holes to sit there and say, hey, let's go jump our quarterback. Let's go jump to go get a quarterback. If he fell to them, absolutely run to the podium. But the Giants have too many holes both on their offensive line and they still need to upgrade the perimeter talent rather than going and making a move for a quarterback. Now, Lewis said they should take a receiver. The offensive line drives me crazy because, I mean, how many times can you take a, a lineman in the top ten yep. and your offensive line keeps getting worse? I don't understand how that's possible. Kimberly Martin, talk to me. How about the trade buzz that you are hearing around, you know, those three, the top three picks, particularly number three? Listen, a lot. It's not just the Giants that are going to be thinking about trying to move up and, and, and maneuvering around the board. Greeny, I love your genius. You know I love you. I love the way you think. It makes sense for the Giants. My only question is, what are the Patriots doing at quarterback? So, so that's my only pushback. Also, Joe Shane, their GM, spoke to the media this week. And, you know, listening to him, he said all the right things. But my conversations with people, everybody wonders, what are the Giants going to do? It's, it doesn't seem they, like they have a clear plan to make this season better than what we just saw. Obviously, the Saquon question, the Daniel Jones question, they have got to upgrade the quarterback position. And here's what I will always say. If you are a GM and you are convicted in a QB, by all means, go after him. Don't reach, but do what you can to get the guy that you want. But you don't just want to have to take a quarterback because you need it. You need to have somebody that you want to build with, and you're going to have Daniel Jones. You might, you know, th this season for a lot of people that I talked to, a lot of questions in New York for the Giants. A lot of questions. Absolutely. And look, I mean, it, it, when you hear the expression, life comes at you fast, there's never been a better illustration of that. A year ago, Daniel Jones got paid the yes. big money, and Brian Dayball was the coach of the year. A year later, we're looking at life beyond Daniel Jones, and Brian Dayball seems to be on the hot seat yeah. from everything that you hear. Brian Dayball's on the hot seat for everything that you hear. Does taking a quarterback at six change that? No. Because he's, they're going to have to win. But if, they, but if, they're, if he's developing a good I think that's a little bit of a, like a fallacy. Isn't that what he does well, though? Yes, no question. Dable's a fantastic coach. But there's this fallacy, I feel, of everybody says, well, the best way to save your job is to take a young quarterback and show promise. We see guys get fired all the time in that regard. It's, it, you you got to go win, no matter how, what, if your quarterback is 35 or he's 25. So I think that the Giants have to focus on, at the number six pick, what player is going to help them win right now more than well, who can we develop for the future? Brian Dable needs to win this year yeah. or otherwise. There's a 71-year-old quarterback that was a former Giants legend. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's basically going to take this year uh -huh. off. With the initials Look, BB? Yes, yes, yes. I, I think yes. that is the one place that the specter of Belichick could be hanging out. By the way, can I show you your favorite player on his birthday yesterday? Sure. D. Wood went to see Luka Doncic at the Garden. You hoped him? And he fell in love. Uh, let's Bro. check out. Luka Bro. had... 
He had some serious flavor last night, which is brought to you by Hidden Valley Ranch. So, Luca, yesterday was his 25th birthday. Let's look at some of this stuff. Look, look at this. At, I mean, come on, man. That's just stupid right there. He's the just first sick. player ever, D. Wood, with a 30-point triple-double on his birthday. Really? Yep. In the history of the league. In the history of the league. Well, that looks night. like me when I go hoop at the local wine stand. <laughs> <laughs> Serious flavor brought to you by Hidden Valley Ranch. Coming up, Caleb, Jaden, number one. Orlovsky's making his case. He's going to show you tape to break it down. Oh, don't miss a minute. We're rolling along. You're watching Get Up on ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. We are back at the bottom of the hour. Our QB is Dan Orlovsky. Let's do some quick reads. Let's start with Caleb Williams, Dan. What are, for folks who haven't seen much of him, what are his biggest strengths? He is an elite reactor. Nobody made more plays and splash plays outside of the pocket than Caleb Williams. He's got some incredible reaction, incredible athleticism, his Mm. ability to throw twitchy while on the run is absolutely spectacular. I'd like to see him throw in rhythm a little bit more, but Green, he is an incredibly athletic talent that makes him very special. Those plays look a lot like Mahomes. All right, let's talk about the guy you love, Jaden Daniels. Ball placement. When you watch the stroke, look at the left arm, stay tight to the chest and the ball placement down the field versus tight coverage. It's absolutely spectacular. I think he plays incredibly fast in every aspect of his game, both athletically, intellectually, and the way he throws the football. When it comes to I have to throw guys open versus tight coverage, Jaden Daniels does that with his placement of the football. And then the big kid from Carolina, Drake May. What's his strength? Yeah, throwing the football downfield accurately. One of the things that North Carolina's offense Mm. did probably too much was try to take shot after shot after shot. And Drake May was consistently willing to do that. He's an unreal athlete, again, like all these guys are. But his ability to throw the football down the field accurately versus both zone and man coverage is what allows him to be such a big play type of hunter at quarterback. So when Mel Kuyper, who was with us yesterday releasing it, did his second mock draft yesterday, he has these four quarterbacks going in round one, and you see the order there. Boom, boom, boom. Then J.J. McCarthy from Michigan, 
going a little bit later. And then he does not have either Bo Nix or Michael Penix okay. in round one. Both of those are players who figure to be somewhere in the mix. B- before we go through, before I go through some of the sound bites here, can I? Do I have Kimberly still though? I, I, I just want to ask her a question. Thank you. Before I go, I know what we were planning, but I need to. So Kmart, I mean, those those are the three guys that everyone has been talking about. What is the sense you're hearing about them as we are now there, right? I mean, they're not they're not going to work out while they're there. So what are the things that are happening with the three right. superstars at this draft? Listen, Greeny, the tape is the tape, and that's what's so fascinating about quarterbacks is, is- – Orlovsky knows it's all it's very subjective like you guys were talking earlier about Jaden's size and his stature I've had a lot of uh, team execs tell me you know I saw Caleb he's not he's a he's a little bit not smaller but yeah. a little um a little shorter than I expected like even though you know the measurements like in person so all of these guys there's something you can look at and say Mm, I don't know. Do I love that? Is he big enough? Is he strong enough? Can he handle the rigors of the NFL? It is all subjective, which is why who we think will go number one in a few years, we might look back and say, I don't know if that was the right pick. That is what's so fascinating. But again, the tape don't lie. If you watch these guys week in and week out, you need to be able to project. Can this guy work in our system with the coaches that we have? Can we build around his skill set? And you know what? If you're convicted in a guy, go for it because it's your job on the line, ultimately. I'm so glad you said all that. I want to make a quick point to both of you guys. So of the best young, of, of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now, if you look at all of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now, the only one of them who was the first quarterback taken Joe. in their own draft was Joe Burrow. Yep. None of the rest of them mm. were. So the point is, the uncertainty on all this is overwhelming. And to Kimberly's point that the tape is the tape. These guys talk themselves out of and into all of these ideas. If the draft were held in the right now, where they didn't have time to overthink all of these decisions and just base the decisions on things they saw on the field, it is my theory that far fewer huge mistakes would be made in the process. What yeah, do you think totally. Of that? Well, there's a reason why they put candy bars at the checkout aisles of grocery stores because it's nice and shiny. And I've always said this in regards to the quarterback position. We, when it comes to the draft, misevaluate quarterbacks because we evaluate them like we do every other position. If I'm going to take an offensive tackle early in the draft, I want big, fast, powerful, strong. If I'm going to take a defensive end earlier in the draft, I want big, fast, powerful, strong. If I'm going to take a wide receiver, big, fast, powerful, strong. If I'm going to take a quarterback, how, how well do you think? You know, how fast do you see things? Um, mm-hmm. wh- how can you throw up over a defender the same route and then later in the game have to throw in between two guys? Big, fast, powerful, and strong has become a bigger part of the game. But the things that you cannot measure and that are tough to see when it comes to a combine are the lesser importance than the things that you have to watch tape to be able to identify. They would. Yeah, we get so enamored with – I think the thing that kills me about evaluating quarterbacks now, we get so enamored with, with playing out of, you know, out of structure. We've gotten away from the things that, that are that, most important. Right. Everything like playing – processing, being accurate, playing in rhythm on time. That's what wins in the National Football League. And everything else that, that they do, that's just, that's just extra. Mm-hmm. But we've just gone away from the true basic things that wins year in and year out in National Football My League. My old friend Mark Schlereth used to say, no one ever goes in a huddle and says, broken play on three. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now let me get back to where I was supposed to be, which is over here, Cindy. I apologize. Okay. Sound off, interesting people around the world of football saying interesting things. 
I re Danny, I really want you to hear Merrill Hodge. If you okay. haven't heard it yet, oh, buddy. our longtime uh, you know, colleague here, he does, is not a believer in Drake May. If you haven't heard it, this is what he said. I wouldn't touch May. I wouldn't, I wouldn't grab May. I wouldn't draft him in the first round. And there's a bunch of things that bother me. He's extremely inconsistent as uh, his accuracy. His processing, inconsistent. Um, he's not extremely athletic. I think I find him more stiff. He's got a longer throwing motion, which allows more hits in our league than he gets in college. Dan, your reaction? I mean, he is extremely athletic. This kid is a superstar athlete. I mean, if you look at the rushing yardage in the last two college football seasons compared to him and Caleb Williams, he's got a lot more. So, I mean, the athleticism is off the charts. I don't disagree with the erraticism. Now, I would absolutely take Drake May in the first round. This is what needs to happen with Drake May, okay, everybody? Drake May needs to be Jordan Love. Drake May needs to be on the Jordan Love plan. Green Bay was fantastic. I remember being here with you yep. and sitting there saying, man, Jordan Love has got the most wild throws of anybody in that draft class. I feel that way about Drake May. The great thing that Green Bay did was realize Jordan Love has some fundamental mechanical flaws. We saw them still a little bit at the early part of this season. Drake May's feet are a mess, okay? So were Jordan Love's coming out of the draft. You have to give this young man time to fix his feet, to work on his feet. That's why, to Merrill Hodges' point, there's some inconsistency. There's some easy misses, both short and long, because his feet are all over the place. So were Jordan Love. So if you want to sit there and if you told me, if America told me or the, the general manager told me, we are taking Drake May and there's no shot he is going to play to our preference for the first two years of his career, I'm in. I'm in. Because uh -huh. you got, if you don't fix your feet going into the NFL, I don't care who you are. Patrick had to do it. Josh Allen had to do it. Lamar had to, I don't care who you are. You have to fix your feet. If he can do that. He's got superstar talent. You know, the first thing that popped in my mind, I actually started thinking about this morning. The Rams would be like the perfect place. The Rams. Mm. Like Stafford. Sit, sitting by, sitting mm. behind Stafford and just, you know, Sean McVay. Yeah. Like that would be like, I'm just talking about just what would be ideal for him. Yeah. Yeah. Just to give him an opportunity to, to like reset everything because the, the physical tools are there. No doubt. There's no question. But I think sitting behind a veteran quarterback – like Stafford and really watching and learning, you know, watching the game, to me, like that he, would be. He relies on his athleticism too much. That's why he has the, the poor feet. He is such an unbelievably naturally talented player and athletic guy that he doesn't necessarily believe that. I mean, I don't want to say believe. He just doesn't have the tactical footwork that is going to be needed. If he gets that, everything about this young man is big, strong, powerful, athletic, kind of like what we talked about. Mm -hmm. Unbelievably hardworking, great leadership skills, highly intelligent. You take those, usually that becomes a good football player in the NFL. He just, you, I, I remember getting into this with Booger years ago. Is he ready or not? I don't care if they're ready. He has flaws that he has to fix before you put him on the NFL field. Super athletic family. His brother was Luke May, who was a star basketball player yep. at Carolina. His father was a quarterback at North Carolina yep. before. So he's got all of that going. What, what kinds of things, Kmart, as you are working the ground? And for those who don't know, Indianapolis is just one. It's perfect for Kmart, candidly, because it's just one huge social it's event. live Twitter. She's just walking around, <laughs> talking to everybody. What, what, what are you hearing about Drake May? <laughs> Well, again, as Dan, you know, when you listen to Merrill Hodge, it, it sounds very harsh, right? And I, again, this is why I bring up the word subjective because some guys may look some some even within buildings. That's what's fascinating, Greeny. You might talk to a GM, you might talk to an assistant GM. 
pro director and a scout within the same building, their thoughts about that prospect are very different. So when we get into the process of from now until April, this is where you know the battle in internally comes in because one person might be high on somebody. We have owners sitting in, as Adam Schefter reported, we have owners sitting in on these QB interviews. Everybody has an opinion. So every team sort of has to get to a consensus. It's very hard, as Dan pointed out, with this draft class to really, and these QBs, to pinpoint who is the right one because they all have traits that you would love, including Drake May. But they what? do need time. Damien, he mentioned what would be great for Drake May. That's not all. It's not about what's great for the QB, mostly. It's about what is great for the organization. They like the skill set, but sitting two years, that, you know, a team may not have that in their eyes. That rarely happens with someone drafted that high. You can do that with mm-hmm. someone like Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers, who you draft in the 20s. Yeah. When you draft someone as high as May is likely to go, it's going to be hard to justify sitting them as long as those guys have. I like your point. And the best illustration of what Kmart is talking about is there's Merrill Hodge, whose opinion I value. He's saying he wouldn't take him in the first round. Tim Hasselbeck, whose opinion I value, says he's by far the best prospect in this class and thinks he's going to be a superstar. So there is a lot of subjectivity involved in this. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, they went up and drafted him at, what, seven, I believe, or something, or ten, and he sat for the year. The same Buffalo went and got Josh Allen. He sat for – now, again – if you take Drake May and you play him within the first year of his NFL career, I think you're setting him up for struggles that are unnecessary. But if you take him with the plan of we are sitting you for a year to two years and you are going to work on that one thing you have to work on, then you have the chance to get a big-time talent similar to Green Bay and Jordan Love. All right. A lot of stars headed to the NFL from this combine. But the biggest star in sports today, without question, is Caitlin Clark. And she had another milestone last night with 33 points last night. Caitlin Clark passed Lynette Woodard to become the all-time leading women's scorer in major college basketball history. She also posted her 17th career triple-double in a huge win over Minnesota. Holly Rowe caught up with her after the win last night. What matters to you about this record tonight? I think it's really special. I think it shows how great women's basketball is. Um, there's been so many amazing players to come before me and have laid such a great foundation for me to be able to play on this stage in front of crowds like this. You know, It never gets old, Holly. Honestly, it's super special, and it's something that I never take for granted. And if I can inspire young girls to play basketball and dream to be whatever they want to be, you know, uh, life's pretty good then. Uh, life's going to be really good this weekend. The Coronation College Game Day will be in Iowa City. For her next game on Sunday, a rematch against number two Ohio State. It's senior day, and she needs 18 points to pass Pistol Pete Maravich to be the all-time leading scorer in Division I basketball history, men's or women's. Should be a special day. And again, game day will be there. Be awesome. As we continue, bad cowboy karma. Mad Dog went off yesterday, and it kills me to say it, but he's wrong. And I'll tell you why right after this. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking 
Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Bill Russell was the ultimate winner, but his impact on securing equal rights for all Americans loom larger today than his 11 championships with the Boston Celtics. Playing when the NBA still had unspoken racial quotas, limiting the number of black players in the league, Russell spoke out fearlessly and constantly about racial justice. His activism helped pass national civil rights laws that promised equal rights for all races. After Russell died in 2022 at the age of 88, the NBA retired his number six across the entire league, a small honor for a true giant of history. And we continue on Get Up and our favorite face, Kimberly Martin, and the game is called Would Kmart Be Shocked If? Kmart, would you be shocked if Russell Wilson is on a new team next month? Greeny, I would not be shocked. You know why? Because there are a lot of teams that need a quarterback, and Russell Wilson, he can accept the bare minimum and get on a roster. Um but then again, we could also see Russell not be with the team. I just don't know how this is all going to shake out, but there are so many teams, Greeny, that need a quarterback. Russ has some – he's still got some juice, so I could see him somewhere. It's going to be hard to imagine him not getting any interest. We'll dive into him a little more later. Yes. Meanwhile, Kmart, would you be shocked if the Bills were to trade <sighs> Stefan Diggs this offseason? All right, Greeny, I wish my answer – was shocked, but it's not. I would not be shocked. You know why? Listen, the Bills have two priorities. The salary cap, getting that under control, and then wide receivers. They're gonna they need help. But you know the Stefan Dick situation, I don't get a clear sense. They want him. He says he wants to be there, but something seems off. And and just the money money situation, I I could easily see them moving on and then trying to build um, around Josh Allen some other way. Okay, and then let's talk about one more quarterback. Would you be shocked 
if Dak Prescott becomes the highest paid quarterback in the league this offseason? Greeny, my boy, I would be shocked because then that would mean I would have to talk more about Dak than I already do on our network. <laughs> um, you know what? I, I get it. I, I understand. I understand why you can make a case that he should be at a phenomenal season, his best season ever. I just cannot live in a world where Dak Prescott is making more than Burrow and, uh, per year. But then again, Greeny, we're living in a world where Deshaun Watson makes two thirty million guaranteed. So what the hell do I know? Yeah, no, no, Dak will get the money, and you're right. We'll have to start talking about him a little bit. He's someone who barely ever gets mentioned here in the mornings on ESPN. That said, the Cowboys get a lot of attention, and yesterday on First Take, which of course follows us, Chris the Mad Dog Russo, he went in on the Cowboys. He went in on the owner. Listen to this. But I don't want Jerry Jones anywhere near my ball club. He's an owner. Stay as an owner and stay away. I don't want you on the field. I don't want you doing post-game interviews with the media. I don't want you doing radio shows. Uh, there is no accountability with the Cowboys. To me, the karma is always bad with that franchise. Why? Because the owner is too involved. With the dog with a big statement, D. Wood, is he right? No, he's not right. Huh? He's Tell me not, why. He's not right. Mm-hmm. Listen, first of all, that's never going to happen. Jerry Jones yeah. is the is the owner GM. He's not he's not going to you know give away the spotlight. That's number mm-hmm. one. You know what the Cowboys' biggest problem is? Tell me. Their stars don't play like stars in the in the in the, in the most pressure moments during a season. Okay, what did we the last the last time we saw the Dallas Cowboys, they were getting a hole stomped in them by the Green Bay Packers mm-hmm. at home. Why? Because their best players didn't show up at the most opportune time. That's why. This has nothing to do with Jerry Jones and, and whether Jerry Jones is having press conferences outside the locker room. That has no effect on what those guys are doing out there on the field. Okay? It's just, it sounds nice, but let's just be real. I need Dak to play better. I need Micah to play better. I need C.D. Lamb to play better. I need all those high-priced guys that, you know, that are, you know, have all their shows and all that stuff. I need them to play better. In the big moments, that's what will solve all this stuff. The biggest issue is that you're talking about their stars don't play in the biggest moments. They, they're not the star. Jerry Jones is the star. We all know that. Their players aren't. In Kansas City, it's Patrick Mahomes. In Baltimore, it's Lamar Jackson. In Cincinnati, it's Joe. In Dallas, it's Jerry Jones. Now, both things could be true here. This is still a really good football team. They've won 12 games for three years in a row. I think they have some of the most wins over the last – four or five years in the NFL outside of like Buffalo and Kansas City. So still a really good team. They just are committed to mediocrity. They, they can say all they want. The Cowboys don't really want to go be great. They want to be relevant and they want to be mediocre. They don't have a desire to go be great. If they did, they would have made changes after the playoff. That was the worst playoff loss in the history of their organization. And they did nothing. Quite literally did nothing. So far, they've done nothing. I mean, I mean um... The, the, uh, Dan Quinn left, but they did. But that wasn't on their accord. Correct. Yeah, no, you're correct. They've done they did, nothing. They didn't. They did not. They have to this point not. Still made a any good football team, change. but they got to get more physical. They don't have a talent problem. They have a when it matters the most belief problem. Get in here, Kmart. So it sounds like when I listen to the guys on set, it sounds like they kind of do agree with Mad Dog because Damien. What Mad Dog said was they have an accountability issue. I don't agree with Mad Dog on the karma. Listen, Jerry, he's the PR guy. He's the coach. He's, he's all the things. 
But the issue is self-accountability. I think that from top to bottom, from Jerry to the coaching staff to the players, nobody is actually addressing, hey, I need to be better. So it is an accountability issue. Yes, they want to be relevant, but somebody, everybody has to look at themselves in the mirror and say, I'm not doing the best that I can do. Mike McCarthy is talking about we have a championship culture here. Where? Where is it? I don't see it. It's been years. It's been decades. And that's what they keep talking about, except addressing that the here and now, they're not living up to the star. And that's the problem. And I think that is Mad Dog's ultimate point. I think he went a little, he went Mad Doggy on, on the karma and Jerry needs to just disappear because that's not happening. But it, it's really about the football. And that's the issue that we all agree with. Look, maybe there are issues that are created by Jerry Jones and his omnipresence and all the rest of that. But at the end of the day, they were at home on a Sunday afternoon and they had the better team on the field. And they gave up 143 rushing yards in a playoff game. And that wasn't Jerry Jones who was out there not hitting anybody, not tackling anybody, getting out-schemed and getting outworked. I don't want to hear it. I, maybe there are some issues involving Jerry Jones, but he's not the reason they got embarrassed in their own building yeah, also by agreeing, the Green Bay Packers. I don't know. Marcus, Marcus is great with this. Marcus always keeps it a buck with the Cowboys. How long are we going to blame the owner and general manager? That's what I just said. I mean, we, they win 12 games a year, but That's we right. blame the owner and general manager? That's right. Like, at some point, guys got to go play. The, the, it, isn't that what I just said? Like, we all just said of, it. At the end of the day, your best players got to play their best. I feel the like if everybody moments. does everything they can to finger point at everyone but the players right. in Dallas at some point. Yeah, look, to your point, Jerry Jones is the center of the attention, so he gets the attention. Make a freaking tackle, and we won't have these problems. As we continue, Caleb at 1-1. As Lee Corso would say, not so fast, my friend. You're going to hear a voice saying maybe another QB is worth being in the very top spot. That's next. 